0: You're listening to 3 in 30 Takeaways for Moms, Episode 18, Simple Ways to Speak Your Partner's Love Language. Welcome to 3 in 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Most of us have heard of the concept of the five love languages. Originally based on the book by Gary Chapman, this philosophy says that each of us has a natural way that we prefer to give and receive love. Some of us feel loved when we receive words of affirmation. I'm one of those people. Others prefer gifts, physical touch, acts of service, or quality time. And I think most of us wouldn't turn down acts of love from any of those categories, but it is true that we tend towards one of these languages more naturally. In marriage, knowing your spouse's primary love language and actively trying to speak it can build connection and dissipate conflict. But... Even when you know this concept and can list off the five love languages, it still sometimes feels pretty nebulous, like I know my husband's love language is quality time, but I'm not quite sure how to make sure that I'm meeting that need on a regular basis. I need some concrete ideas and practical actions to take, especially if his love language is one that I don't naturally speak myself. So, this is why I'm so excited to have Celeste Davis with us on the podcast today. Celeste and her husband Rich are the founders of a truly amazing marriage website called Marriage Laboratory. It's full of the kind of actionable marriage takeaways that I know I need. They have been married nine and a half years themselves. They're quick to say that they don't have all the answers. But what they don't know, they research and seek out. And their best advice and practices come from their real-life application of what they're learning and trying out in their own marriage. They're the parents of three children with a fourth baby arriving literally any day. And with how pregnant she is, I'm so glad that Celeste agreed to talk to me about how we can live the five love languages better in our marriages and in our homes. So Celeste, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: I wanted to start off by having you explain a little bit about the title of your website, which is Marriage Laboratory, like I said, Mm -hmm. and where that comes from and kind of how that brings us to this discussion of the five love languages that we're going to have today.
1: Great. Um, First off, I have to say, I'm sorry, I have a cold. So my voice is super croaky. And I kind of sound like a man, but that's okay.
0: Um,
1: So my marriage blog. So I kind of got this crazy idea in my head, you know, three and a half years ago to start a marriage blog, but I had so many doubts and so many like, why would I do that? I'm not that great of a wife. And I'm not a therapist and I don't know what I would say. And I don't know, it was just not really my style. But the idea just kept coming back and back, like this impression that just wouldn't leave. And eventually I kind of thought, you know what, I don't have to rely on my knowledge. Like I can interview people and also I can, you know, just try things and then tell people how it went. I can experiment. I can conduct marriage experiments and let people know what's helpful and just you know, send helpful reminders out to remember to prioritize our marriages because we always tend to forget, (laughs) Mm -hmm. usually ends up at the bottom of our to do list. So anyway, um, I ran with that idea. It's been going well.
0: Yeah. And so, and it's really fun because your husband is a scientist, right? Yes, he is. Yeah. What does he do exactly? Or you don't have to get into all of it, but what does he, (laughs) which type of science does he study?
1: Uh, he studies immunology, the immune system.
0: Hmm.
1: Okay. So, yeah, he got his PhD studying a parasite in Central America. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or South America, sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, so this last year, I devoted the whole year to the five love languages. So we ran five month-long little love experiments, mm-hmm. each one based on one of the five love languages so that's what we're going to be talking about today.
0: Yeah, and I love how you structured that um, as a true experiment, like a month-long experiment, which is really what it takes to improve on something. Uh, Yeah. You know, I've thought about that even with my podcast. I'm like, I give these takeaways, and I hope that people will apply them that week, but I'm like, a week isn't really long enough. Like, it you need a longer amount of time to really apply takeaways and learn and grow and change. So how Mm -hmm. did you set up each of the challenges or experiments?
1: So we did every other month, um, about, um, and just at the beginning of the month, I would just say what the experiment was and how we were going to do it. And then on my blog, I'd write four posts about it throughout the month. And at the end of the month, I'd do a recap. So we just, Focused on one love language in February, April, June, September, and November last year.
0: And your recap post was kind of the results of right how the results of the experiment, how it went in your marriage and other people's, or just yours? Just ours. Okay, I think that's just awesome. So um, we are going to talk about three of them today, I believe. If we have time, we'll do the last two, but we're definitely going to focus on three as our three takeaways. So do you want to just start by telling us the first love language that you Mm -hmm. experimented with and what your challenge was, which can be our takeaway number one? Yes.
1: Okay. Our first one was words of affirmation,
0: Mm -hmm. which is my husband's love language.
1: So um, that one, the challenge for the month was every day to send your spouse either a love note a text or an email just some kind of love message (laughs) a nice text email or note
0: okay Um, every day and where does words of affirmation fall within your love languages like is that high on your list is it natural for you or not really
1: um it's in the middle it's my third i think so um but i i've known that it was riches since we were we actually on our for one of our marriage gifts, somebody gave us the CD, the audio book, the five love languages. So on the way to our honeymoon, like on our drive down, we're listening to it and talking about it. So right away I knew that his was words. He was like, Oh, this one's mine for sure. And so I kind of through the years been, you know, gaining that ability, I guess, to, to know what kind of means the most to him.
0: Right. So what, um, how did you find things to say for every day of the month?
1: That's a great question. So um, the first half of the month was really easy because I was already doing something on my blog called 14 Days of Love Letters, Mm -hmm. which I do every February leading up to Valentine's Day, the first 14 days of February. And so those were just prompts that I just wrote on my blog that he would read and then the second half of the month was much harder cuz then I was on my own and I didn't have any prompts. And I wish going looking back I wish I would have given myself like a theme or even just said one thing I loved him about him every day in a text or something like that. But because I did find it was hard to find new ways to be like, "Hey, love you," you know, in a text. <laughs> um, without, you know, every single day. So like we kind of went to funny gifts or silly things I'd find online that I could kind of went to humor which ended up working out well for us and
0: yeah gifs not gifs not with a t oh, okay. sorry um, no i know what you mean but i just want to make sure they do like um yes. can you explain what a gif is if people oh, are not quite sure. in 2018 yet which i'm not
1: but <laughs> it's something you find on something called the internet <laughs> wow <laughs> um just a short little like clip from a movie or tv show or something where it has a little text with it and it's usually well I would send funny ones that Mm -hmm. also
0: meant something meaningful I guess right and I love you always weave these into your blog posts too and I think they're (laughs) so funny they're like little videos from clips from like full house the tv show or different things that fit and they're really great So one thing that I noticed about... So you'd said that you did these love letter prompts. And I guess what I was thinking was that they would be like really sappy, like Shakespearean sonnet type. Like, I'm like, I can't, I just can't imagine like writing 14 different love letters about like his beautiful eyes or, you know, I don't know what I was thinking. But then when I went and read your post, I'm like, oh, these are totally they're just questions to get you thinking about the different ways you love your spouse so right so I just wanted to read off a couple I have the post right here Um, like when did you first know they were the one for you how so then you would use that to write them a little note about that Mm -hmm. time that you knew that they were the one for you right right Okay. And then like, what is a skill they've developed this year that they should be proud of? I love that question because so often our spouses are working so hard and they don't even notice what they should totally. be proud of until somebody says, you know, you're doing awesome at this. Yeah. So that was another one. And I'll just read one more on here. Um, what is a quirk your partner has that you find endearing? So they're just these little prompts that could get you thinking about the types of praise and words of affirmation that you want to give your spouse, and I will definitely um, link that in the show notes. Um, and you have more than just the fourteen on your website, right?
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan of the love letters, so I have quite—I have one post that's like forty-two love letter prompts, and then every February for the past three years, I've done 14 days of love letters with all different prompts each time. Wow. So
0: that is so awesome. That is such a good resource for people. And I will link that people can start thinking of concrete, applicable ways to um, weave words of affirmation into their marriage. Um, And then what is your second takeaway? um, Second quality time, which
1: is my love language Mm-hmm. So for that challenge, we did, um, like a 10 minute connect every night when our kids would go to bed and we just have no screens on and just talk. And so that experiment started out with, I, I had this post and I was going to, we had this plan. We were going to talk about all the good things in our day and then we're going to talk about all the bad things in our day and then we we're going to pray together and then we we're going to kiss and it was going to be all in 10 minutes and it was going to be great And then that just set for us felt really formal and kind of weird. And so (laughs) we ended up just talking, (laughs) just talking for 10 minutes, which sounds so normal, but it was shocking how hard it was to do every day, Mm -hmm. every night when our kids would go to bed, something would come up either you know, one of us would have to go somewhere or we would want to be on our phones or do the dishes or just a million things that pull you in different directions. And so I thought that was the most surprising thing about that experiment was just how intentional we had to be to prioritize just 10 minutes of just sitting and talking.
0: Well, and I love that when it's a conscious goal like that, and you both know that mm -hmm. it's just no question. Like sometimes that's the only way to make something happen and start to make it a habit is to say, we're doing this. As soon Mm -hmm. as the kids are in bed, the doors are closed, whatever meet me on the couch. We're going to sit and talk for 10 minutes.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We had to be so intentional about it. And it was, it was always great. And always, even the nights when I was like, okay, we have to make this super fast because I have a million things I need to get done tonight. Sometimes, you know, we would just, the conversation would just keep flowing and then, you know, it would last for 30 or 40 minutes where we would just be chatting and, and it was fine I didn't get the rest of things done because I felt, you know, like my love tank was all full and it was a better way to spend my time. So I love that, that. was a good
0: one. And I definitely think what you mentioned about the phones and screens is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I read an article by John Gottman, who I'm sure you've read tons of his work. Um, definitely. And he talked about how the biggest predictor of divorce like they studied all of these couples, and um, they could predict pretty well if they would yeah, be like, if they would be divorced in ten years or something. Have you read? You've probably read this article.
1: Yeah, he's like the main marriage expert guy because he was able to predict with ninety five percent accuracy. Which one of the couples in his studies would be divorced in seven years, which is astounding
0: wow. for social science research? Yes. Yeah. But I just remember that he said the biggest predictor was if you ignored your spouse's bids for attention, either mm-hmm. saying, like, hey, um, I, I wanna talk like that explicitly, but also just kind of less explicit, like subtle things like hey and just waiting or like putting their hand on their knee or trying to catch their eye that the couples where the other person did not respond to that bid for attention were the ones that ended up divorced and the couples that the person did respond ended up staying happy in a happily committed marriage and i just thought whoa like with phones how is that going to affect marriages in the next, oh, yeah. you know, 50 years? Because don't we all ignore the bids for attention because of our darn phones now? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And especially if your love language is quality time or your spouse's. Like for me, so John or not, uh, Gary Chapman in his book, The Five Love Languages, says that for quality time, love language people, Eye contact and full attention is the name of the game. It is so important for them to feel loved, to feel like they have your full attention when they're talking or when they're listening. Wow! And so phones make it so hard to have eye contact and full attention if yes. they're out, which they are all the time. So it is, it's, it's hard. Yeah.
0: So this connection for 10 minutes, no phones anywhere within arm's length, just right. being together. I love yes. that. And then what is your third takeaway or the third um, love language that you want to talk about? The third
1: one was physical touch, Mm -hmm. which let me give a disclaimer that we are about to use the word S-E-X. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, Thanks for spelling that out for us. (laughs) It sounds like the word when you spell it. Anyway, um, if you have little ears listening, maybe turn it down or put some headphones in. But um, so our experiment was to have sex every other day for a month. Mm -hmm. And Gary Chapman does say that physical touch is not all about sex. Um, But that was what our experiment that we went with was.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And you asked me before the interview started if I was okay with you talking about this. And I said, yes, <laughs> like this is an important part of marriage. And this was actually one of the most helpful series on your blog for me was to hear the research and your experience. And I really appreciated how open you were about this. And it was totally appropriate, but it was just <laughs> so helpful. So tell us about how that went for you and how that impacted your marriage.
1: Okay. So don't worry, guys, I'm not going to get too steamy here. But um, this one was definitely the most demanding of all of our love experiments last year. It took the most intention, but it was also by far the most rewarding. Hands down, it had the biggest um, impact on us, which I think is saying something, because when I took the love language quiz online to find out my love languages just last year, Like quality time was number one with something like fourteen points. Service was just under it, and then guess how many points physical touch had for me? (laughs) Zero. 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 (laughs) I I apparently do not care about human touch at all.
0: So, do you not even like like snuggling or holding hands? Is that are you kind of like a more standoffish? Do you have a bubble?
1: I I do have a I always have had a bubble. Yes, I don't know, but um, I do enjoy snuggling, but. For that to be, you know, my, my last love language and for this to be the most successful experiment, I think does say something about how important sex is in a marriage. Wow. Um, because, okay, so Rich and I, actually two years ago, um, we did a similar experiment where I was writing about sex on my blog and we decided we wanted to try to have sex every other day. And we were just seeing how long we could last I think we lasted maybe two months um, and during that time I wasn't just focusing on the quantity I was also focusing on the quality so I read I've never I had never read a sex book before ever mm-hmm. and I read like two or three mm-hmm. and I could not believe the transformation it had not just in my marriage but in my life like I had never prioritized sex because I didn't really think I had to I thought it was mostly for my husband and, you know, to feel connected together, but not really for me. And in just reading about it and kind of breaking through some of my mental blocks and starting to prioritize it, literally everything in my life was better. I was happier. I was less stressed. And our marriage that time was literally the best time in our marriage that we've ever had. We were flirty. He'd come home from work and we would just be happy. It was like we were dating again
0: mm.
1: and it just changed. We, we didn't fight. Things would just roll off my back that I know would otherwise bother me. We had open, every, it affected everything. I just could not believe that that would happen because before I thought our sex life was fine. It wasn't bad. It was fine. And I didn't see any need to, you know, really improve it. But because of my blog, I did. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of knew that it had that power going into the experiment last year. And I was kind of wondering if it would have the same effect. And it really did just, that was our month last year that our marriage was the strongest, that we fought the least, that we were the happiest together. So I just, it's amazing. (laughs) I think the power of it. And again, not just the quantity because you could have bad sex every other day and not, maybe not much would happen, but we were both kind of focused on talking about it a lot and um, reading more resources. And I did, you know, and, I took an e-course and different things to kind of um, up the the quality as well as the quantity.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so great. And I have appreciated so much the resources that you've put together. Um, if you want to send me, I mean, I want people to just go to your site and look at everything you have there. But if you also want to just send me the post that you think has like a good little overview of the resources. Sure. I'll definitely put that in the show notes of this episode as well. Um, If people want to find out maybe about the course or the books that you read or just different people's experiences. I've one thing that I've really appreciated is that you do have on your blog some anonymous um, like um, questions and Mm -hmm. like responses from a sex therapist who's Mm -hmm. responded and just some really good resources there and i love hearing how much how positively it affected your relationship it's awesome Um, yeah i was surprised (laughs) yeah well and if people listening to this want to try one of these experiments um i think that they don't they don't even necessarily need to tell their spouse or have their spouse on board in any way
1: absolutely i'm so glad you brought that up actually because that's like Something I talk about on my blog all the time is that I feel like people's – one of their biggest holdups in improving their marriage is they think they need to wait for their spouse because, you know, like how can we communicate more if he won't do anything or how can we do the – any little thing you're just kind of waiting for your partner to improve. But there's so much that's in our control.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: um, so actually most of these love experiments, to be honest, I did by myself because I didn't want – like we started with words of affirmation and I didn't want to be – it would be a naggy, annoying thing for me to be like, "Hey, you didn't send me a love note today. <laughs> um, you want to do that?" Okay, <laughs> hey, thanks. You know, like, right. I was like, "I'm just gonna do it." And um, so most of these, I mean, Rich obviously participated in the physical touch one and some others, but um, mostly it was just me. And I was always so surprised at how much more it filled my love tank than his. You mm-hmm. know, to serve him or to give him a nice text or something, or just appreciate something.
0: Yeah. So I listeners, I think could try one of these love languages at a time and sort of focus on it as you did. And another thing that I thought of as we talked about this topic is just thinking about what is your spouse's love language. Sometimes it's hard to know, like, so you can think about these and think, what is his love language? And One of the most helpful things that I heard about relationships is that if you don't have the same love language, primary love language, you can look to see like if your secondary one is the same Mm -hmm. and you can use that to your advantage. And I thought, oh, isn't that great? Because I am a total words of affirmation. My husband is the quietest man on the planet (laughs) and never thinks he never thinks to give me words of affirmation. It's not that he doesn't appreciate me. He just doesn't think to do it. Sure. And I can get all bent out of shape about that, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, whereas his primary love language, I think is probably quality time. And that's like really low on my list. Cause I'm just mm. like a total doer. And I'm like, why do you need my attention? I want to get 55 things done. <laughs> um, but we both have, physical touch in common as like our secondary we're both like total snugglers you know I hear about couples who sleep like on opposite sides of the king-size bed and I'm like there is no way like we are snuggled right up to each other (laughs) so we have that in common and so we can really try to cultivate that if the others aren't really working like I don't think Ryan is ever going to become a words guy no matter how much I kind of coach him and tell him I need it and train him that way. Mm -hmm. It's just not him. So I can, you know, try to meet his need for quality time and I can really try to connect on the physical touch level and have that fill me up if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's great advice.
0: All right. Well, I love this Celeste and I really want people to go to your website and check out what's there. You've tackled, so many hard topics too. She has a series on um, marriages that have, one of the partners has gone through a change in faith. Like they maybe they started out the same religion and then one of them changed over time. Um, So there's that on there. There's a roundup of articles of people who faced infidelity in their marriage. I mean, so you really dive into hard topics fun topics all sorts of things and so people can go check that out on marriage laboratory and are there any other things you want to highlight as like major um focuses of your work or things that you're looking forward to starting in the next little while
1: (laughs) well we are gonna start a podcast (laughs) which is so awesome
0: i didn't know that and i can't wait to hear you and rich interact because that you two are so fun together so.
1: It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. We're excited
0: about it. And when they do that, I will definitely make sure to let listeners know when that is out. They are having a baby next week, so it could be, <laughs> could be a little while. But when they get it going, I'll let everybody know. Um, and one of my favorite things that you and Rich do together is the family-themed Halloween costumes mm. that are just epic. Like they're. People do family themed Halloween costumes, not like the Davises, like you guys (laughs) just take it to the next level. So I'm going to have to share some of those on my Instagram or something so people can get to know you better that way. So they have a ton of fun together as well. And it's just been so great to have you on the podcast. So thanks so much for coming on.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: I'm sorry that we didn't have time to do the last two love languages. I do know what her challenges were for those and I will give them to you briefly. And if you want more information, you can, of course, go to Celeste's website, which is Marriage Laboratory, and read more about each of them. So I'll start by recapping the three takeaways that we did talk about in depth and then I'll add those last two. So first, she talked about words of affirmation and her experiment was to send her husband a loving email text or um, note every day for a month now if that is a little too much for you like if you're doing this and you don't want to tell him and you're like (laughs) he's gonna think it's a little weird if you get something every single day you can of course customize it and maybe do something every other day um if that seems more authentic for your relationship, but she has so many good prompts and ideas on her website, which I will link in the show notes and you can access show notes. If you're listening on a podcast app of any kind, if you look at it, there'll be a tab there or a little link there that says episode notes or episode webpage. You can click on that and you'll get all of those resources. If you're listening on a computer, just go to 3in30podcast.com forward slash episodes and you'll see all of the show notes for each one. So that was words of affirmation. Her second takeaway or challenge was quality time. And she talked about setting aside 10 minutes every single night for a month where you and your spouse just sit and talk. After your kids are in bed or after your activities for the day are done. And she emphasized no phones or distractions anywhere around. Just spend that time together. Then challenge number three was physical touch. And she and her husband had sex every other day for a month. And again, this is one that you can customize depending on your situation But I also loved that she talked about how they emphasized the quality of that relationship and talked about it and did some learning during that month and how much it blessed and improved their marriage. For the other two takeaways that we did not get to talk about, one of the love languages is gifts. And for her challenge, she gave her husband a gift every once a week for a month. So every Friday for a month. And I loved that she picked a specific day so that she wouldn't forget and kind of wrote it on her calendar so it was a trigger to remind her. And she said that some of her gifts were big, um, like concert tickets, and others were just really small, like buying his favorite ice cream at the store or even writing him a love poem and leaving it on their bed. Because remember, he's a words guy. Um, But just remembering to leave him a little gift once a week. And then the fifth love language is acts of service. And she said for this, that she would ask him at the beginning of every week, what can I do for you this week to make your week better? Which I think is such a lovely question. Um, But she did say that her husband often couldn't really think of anything. So she added to that, that she decided that she would just do any little favor that he asked of her during that month. Um, Even the smallest little things that normally she might just ignore, um, that she would happily do those things for him as acts of service and how much it meant to him and how he started to reciprocate and that they really became much more service-minded in their marriage and in their home. So those are Celeste's five takeaways, one for each of the five love languages. And I hope that you enjoyed learning about those as much as I did. Next week on the podcast, we will be talking about something completely different. I have a guest that I'm so excited about, a super well-respected and sought-after speech-language pathologist who specializes in kids with difficult behaviors and... Don't most kids have difficult behaviors? I know mine do. And she walks us through the three-step process that she does with her patients and with their parents to help them to rewire um, these habits and these loops, as she calls them, that these kids have gotten stuck in with these troublesome behaviors. And she's so encouraging that kids can really change and learn to behave better and we can help them. It's a great episode packed with really useful, interesting information. So I hope that you will be back next Monday to hear that. Moms, you are doing such a great job. I truly know that and believe that. And it is an honor that you spend some time with me each week. I hope that you're learning a lot. And if you are, please tell your friends Tell them about what you're learning, get them listening too, so we can continue to grow this community, which is growing and it's super exciting. So thank you, thank you for your support. And I can't wait to see you next Monday as we continue learning about and becoming the mothers that we want to be.